0: Amen. Good morning, Identity Church. I hope y'all had a great week. I know I did. Uh, I was telling my dad this morning that, you know, I blink real good and Sunday turns into the next Sunday. And then the next Sunday turns into the next Sunday. But he said the Monday turns into the next Monday. So, uh, you know, I think he's thinking about the work. But every single time, I mean, I do too. I'm sitting here going, hey, (laughs) work is work. But I was telling him a story that I, I was talking to one of my employees this week and the employee said, I, I made a comment, I said, well, you know, the, the meeting we had yesterday, and the employee goes, No, that was Monday. It, this is Friday. And I go, well, back on that meeting on Monday with all the other days I forgot about, uh, you know, we'll we'll read and do that and keep that going. But you know, a lot of times I think in our life, we don't we don't see our our hope and expectation come to pass because we're too involved in the day-to-days, right? We find we find that every single day there's something else I gotta do. And then one week turns into two weeks and two weeks turns into a month and a month turns into six months. I mean literally we're coming up next weekend will be will start the fifth month of 2021. I mean, think about that. And see, we tend to go, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 43, almost 44 years old. I feel like I got married to Heather like just a few, you know, like a few years ago. It's not like, you know, we're, we'll be married 24 years this year. I'm sitting there going, there's no way. Can I get an amen from the parents in here? Because, I mean, <laughs> at, at the end of all that, you go, age is catching up. There's things that are happening. And when I go look in the mirror, things are changing. (laughs) Okay? And when I do look at how God has placed me, and I really mean that. I believe that God has placed me in places because of opportunities that I have said that I would say yes to. You know, God constantly gives us opportunities, and we can say yes or no to those things. And, you know, those, those are the opportunities that you have throughout your, your life. 24 years ago, I said yes to Heather. You know, I, I had opportunities that I could have said no and it would have been the worst possible thing in my life. Can I get an amen from Heather? <laughs> Do you know that, that our hope and our expectation is based upon us being able to see the next opportunity. In fact, I'm going to, this is our third week kind of talking about this, but I, I talked about originally, this is kind of the Philippians 1:19 through 21 is kind of our base scripture for, for the hope and expectation series that I'm teaching. Uh, I'll just read it right quick to, to, for those that are um, on the podcast uh, Philippians 1:19 says, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Verse 20 says, and according to my earnest expectation, that word right there means in the Greek intense anticipation. It means like I used to tell Caleb, keep your eye on the ball and anticipate it. When it gets to a certain point, and I would point, I'd say, when it gets here, or I'm sorry, when it gets here, you have to swing to hit it here, right? Intense anticipation means that I am watching. I'm looking. See, Paul was in prison at this time. He's writing a love letter to the Philippians because they were the only ones that was really giving him anything. And so what happens is, is that Paul comes in and says, hey... I am watching and I'm confident in the things that Jesus is going to do in my body or if I'm out of my body. Because it says right here in verse 20 according to my earnest hope or my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether in life or death. For to me is to live and is Christ. And to die is gain. That earnest, intense expectation is something that he said, look, I can be in prison. I can be on a shipwrecked island. Because he did. I can be whipped. I can have all these things happen and I still have hope that Christ is going to do something awesome in me. I'm expecting it and I'm also confident about it. Do you know that that's where we're at most of the time in our life? We have intense anticipation for things. Lots of things. I mean, there's been things in my life, you know, I remember Charlie told me the other day, cause I've tried businesses and I've done all these different things because I wanna be rich. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'd love for right now, be a billionaire, bam, you know? Things would change around here. I'm gonna tell you what, if I was a billionaire, we would get some pretty awesome stuff. Mom would retire. I mean, that's how awesome it would be if I became a billionaire, right? But you know what? Charlie told me the other day, he was like, I'm glad you didn't do it. I'm glad you just stayed on the path that you had taken. I'm glad that you just went with the Lord, that you didn't step out. I'm going to tell you, Charlie, I stepped out on some things and I screwed up. I have lots of thousands of dollars that are no longer mine because of those mistakes that I made. And you know what? Because of that... I lost my intense anticipation for things. Some good and some bad. Like, I'm not anticipating running a business right now. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's not something I'm sitting there going, there's a business that's going to come and hit me. Like a Mack truck. It's not going to happen. Because it doesn't work that way. Right? But my hope, my confidence in what God is going to do has been changed. He's changed me throughout the the years that I've been here. Now, I'm going to tell you, and this is what we talked about last week, there was a whole lot of this going on. The three D's, the depression, I mean, the disappointment, depression, and despair. Do you know that in my own life, I've been in all three of these D's, okay? And see, what we find out is that these D's They all, they're a chain. And if I stay in my disappointment, if I allow it to go to depression, then I can get to despair. In fact, we actually find out from dictionary.com, which is an internet dictionary, so believe it as much as you want. But I love what they said here. Disappointment is sadness and anxiety caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes And expectation. Now I want you to understand something. I didn't rewrite that. That came directly out of dictionary.com. See Paul. When he was writing Philippians 1. 19 through 21. Paul. Didn't know about dictionary.com. He didn't have Google. Okay. So he didn't know how to be disappointed. Now he could become disappointed. But he didn't. So he kept his hopes and his expectation where he had this intense anticipation. He kept it high. He always kept it going. And so did he have disappointments? Yes. But he never allowed it to get all the way over here to despair. Depression is feelings of severe despondency and dejection. You're still kind of holding on to it, right? I mean in depression it's like huh, ah, I still might be able to do this. But I don't feel good all the time about it. But you know, despair is I, I just gave up. I gave up hope. Do you know when it came to business and the things that I wanted to do after a couple of failures? I went from I went from disappointment to depression to despair. No. You know what? A good number of those things I should have, I should just gave it up. But sometimes we have to understand that we need to come to a place to where we're going, is this really a God thing or is this our thing? And we find out that most of our disappointments come from our own thing. They don't really come from other things. Now they can. Circumstances happen. There's all kinds of circumstances. But... Most of the time we have disappointments because we're putting our intense anticipation on things that we probably shouldn't have. It's just the truth. I didn't need to put my intense anticipation. I should have kept those thousands of dollars, invested it somewhere else. I have more money now, right? Second Corinthians tells us that we're hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed. It means we have no way out sometimes. You know, in my life, there's been lots of times where I've had no way out. I felt like that. But you know what? But I didn't despair. I sometimes did, but I didn't all the time. But persecution, were for, but not forsaken, it means we're not left behind. If we have Jesus, he's with us. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body. This word, when you see the body, it never means your body, because... He tells us later what manifests in our body, but the body is the church. Every time you see the body, just go ahead and put church in there. The church of Jesus Christ. Us and me's, right? Because in us is the dying of the Lord Jesus. There's always going to be problems, right? But because of the Lord Jesus in the church, and this is kind of what I was talking about before, we're here to give life to those dead bones. We're here to give those life-altering things to people that are with us. Now, we can give it to people that are outside of us. But without Jesus, they're just, I'm sorry. You can go and try to help somebody out. I can give money over and over and over and over again. We still have the poor. There is still poor. Bill Gates Foundation, he's given over $50 billion. They're still poor you know that I don't have $50 billion to give? But what I can do is I can give life to those who will accept life. So it says here that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies, in each one of us. So the church itself is a safe haven. It is a place for us to be able to get these life circumstances all these evil advances, family problems, health. I mean, the coronavirus. I mean, there's more suicide right now than there's ever been. I mean, you go walk away a bunch of like manic-depressant people, and what are they going to do? They're going to become more manic-depressant. Their despair is going to go through the roof. But that's what we have to do is we have to understand that the church family is where we get our, we get our life from. That we understand how to connect each other together to be able to get those life-changing things now i'm going to get into some some areas here because last week we talked about some different things that that i that i want to move away from i want to get back over to trying to to define this disappointment and depression and how we can get out of it i'm going to move us into the I'm going to move us into the good stuff, right? We're we're going to get away from the bad stuff. We're going to move into the good stuff. Because indecisiveness is usually our biggest problem. Indecisiveness causes more issues than anybody could ever do to us. Like we sometimes will blame other people. Well, Heather held me back. When it came to that, she didn't help me out at all in my in my business. And that's why it all fell. I could do that. Heather had no, no business in that. It was all me. And some of it was my own indecisiveness. When the Lord started talking to me about other things, I said, you know what? Get me behind me, Satan. I'm going to go ahead and move on with this. I'm going to tell you a story right quick. I gave some money to a thing about ads that you put in papers. It was thousands of dollars. You know, Heather and I talked about it. Heather said, don't do it. She didn't help me out at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I did it. And I lost every bit of it because it was a scam. Do you know that when we get into those indecisive moments between what is right and wrong, a lot of times we choose the wrong thing. We end up going down the wrong path. I have a couple of things. I like to to add some different things. You got a ship being tossed to and fro here because we're going to talk about James 1 through 5. And also, I've got this girl and she's scratching the back of her head trying to figure out which way do I go? Do I go towards the opportunities or do I go towards depression and despair? That should be easy, but we'll talk about that here in just a second. James 1, 5 through 8 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. All faith is is just trust in God. I trust God. God says it. What happens? When God says something, what are we supposed to do? Trust him? Well, most of the time we... Sometimes say, get thee behind me, be Satan. You know, just like Peter. With no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7 says, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Do you know, in our lives, we all come to the crossroads. We all come to that fork in the road. And everybody wants to have, I want to have my cake and and eat it too, right? I want to be able to go down this path because it looks good. And I want to be able to go down this path because it looks good. You know what? Most of the time, I have found that when I I bridge God's plan, He's always going to put me on a path, no matter how it looks, it's going to be the best plan. You know, all that glitters is not gold. Everybody heard that, right? I'm going to be honest with you. In my life, I always look for gold. And I've always found out that gold usually leads me to despair. I'm just going to be honest with you. Because the first thing that, that happens when you go in looking for gold is that usually it's fool's gold. You know, I, I was, um, when, when the Lord was calling me into the ministry, you know, I didn't want to go to Karis. In fact, I, I ran from it for a year. Um, I didn't want to go to Jacksonville with, with our good friend, Jim McCann the fourth. I I didn't want to leave Victor Christian Fellowship. I didn't, 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 I didn't. What was better was God call me here and show me how to expand where I'm at, right? And God kept saying, hey, I got to put you on a different path that's not going to look good all the time. In fact, you drive three hours a week to go to church and you got a bunch of people that don't know who the heck you are and they really don't care to listen to you. At least for the first like six months we were there, now, he got better, and the Lord opened up opportunities, and it was great. But you know what? Just because God puts you on, on a path doesn't always mean that it's going to look good, feel good, and act good when you get on that path. But you know what? You have to understand his plan, get his plan on it, because his word never fails, right? So I put up here Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I look at this for health. I look at this for what we do in our lives. I look at it when I'm doing jobs. When I seek first God, there's sometimes, especially when it comes to health, okay? Uh, I was actually telling Joanne this. She had surgery. It's went awesome. It was the right thing to do. We sought first the kingdom of God. You know What? That was the way it sure went. Now, I want to tell you, it was awesome because we prayed for Joanne and Reba got healed. So one path was go down this way. And hey, no one likes surgery. And then another path was just I believe. Right? I mean, at the end of the day, there was two paths that were different, but they were all God. I want everybody to understand that. Please, please get a hold of that. Because your life and my life is not going to look the same. The way I do things is not the way you're going to do things. The way that, that Kaylee does things is not going to be the way that Caleb's going to do things. But you know what? God has a plan and a purpose for each area of our lives. And he sends us down the right path. And he knows before we even get in there that it's the right way to go. So we follow the plan, don't doubt. Um, Most disappointments are of our own choosing. Our own choices are how we get to most of our disappointments. I know that's very disappointing to hear that our disappointments come from our own disappointments and choosing. But that's just the facts, guys. I mean, at the end of the day, most of the time I have a choice. If we didn't have choice, then I could blame it all on God, right? But I can't blame it on God because God gives us life and death. He gives us this thing that that says, hey, you get to choose which way you want to go. I can do the right thing. I can do the wrong thing. I'm God. I'm just going to let you do your own thing if that's what you want to do. But if you do it my way, I'll make sure that you get to the end. You know, indecisiveness is one of those things that we tend, to, we tend to just kinda of lock down. We don't move. You know, we will, we'll kinda of say, I don't really know which way to go. And then we'll make a hasty move at the very end. You know that there's been a lot of things in my life, especially when it comes to this church, I'm looking at different things and I could have made some choices to have done some things that was going to send us down a different path. Now, every time the Lord tells me don't do something, you know what? I've gotten smart enough the older I've gotten. I don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny that when you just sometimes don't do, you know, God says don't do that. You just don't do it. It works out. There's people that will actually come up to you and open a door for you. Do you know that's weird? You know, I've always been the kind of person that likes to kick in my own doors, right? <laughs> I want to go up there and I just want to, bam, kick the door open. And I go in through it because I did it my way. And then I get to brag about how awesome it was. You know what? I've found out that every time I've been able to brag on myself, it was usually the wrong way. I will tell you this. God constantly is putting us in places to where there's other people that get to feed into us and that we get to feed into them because we do his ministry together. If you ever find somebody who says, this is my ministry and I'm the one, don't, don't follow them because they're going to take you down a path that's very much their own. But you get to put into other people's paths God's wisdom is power over our problems. Period. You got a problem? Yo, he knows how to solve it. God is going to put us in a place to where we can receive. Hey, I'm a believer, right? I mean, how many people in here are believers? By gosh, I'm a believer. You know, our belief system is one of the most important things that we have in order to live this great life. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father sent in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Now I'm going to tell you, that's awesome. That is awesome. We have the Holy Spirit, which is going to bring us all things that Jesus was trying to get to us. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. This this could be specific to the word. But you know what? Jesus gives me a plan, gives me an opportunity all the time. You know, my Aunt Jorinda, I was telling Caleb, uh, my Aunt Jorinda, I I go over to her house. It was when I first started VCF. I go over there to go see Chris. Chris is somewhere else, but I walk in and it's Jorinda. She's praying in the Holy Ghost. She's got her praise and worship music on. She's doing all this stuff. And I thought she was weird. Okay, I'm just going to be honest with you. I was like, I've not been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Heck, most of the stuff VCF was doing was weird. But I go, I go into her house. I open the door. She's praising and worshiping and everything. And she turns around and she said, the Lord told me just a few minutes ago that you're going to be a minister. That you're going to be a pastor. And I went, Huh? went, no. Okay, put that on a shelf. Do you know that that was, what, 25 years ago? 25 years ago. So now at the end of all this, that 25-year that period, I'm fulfilling something that the Lord was sort of speaking to me. But he was just letting me know it was there, right? I had to accept it. Because like I said a minute ago, when I was going to Karis and I was doing all the, I, I, I would say, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Heather actually told me when we were dating, I will not marry a pastor. I'm just going to let you know straight up. So I had this fear in the back of my head. If I say yes, Lord, <laughs> could this be divorce time? I mean, you know, complete and total just destruction of my life. But do you know that, that God is so good because he showed Heather He showed me, and he's let it grow little by little. And we're not there, by the way. This is just the beginning. This is just but a seed that has been planted in the ground. But I want you to understand that that when he brings all these things to your remembrance, he's going to leave peace, like what it says here in verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My um, My peace I give to you. This word peace is arena and it comes from the word our own and it means to join it'd be a little bit like us signing up for our own little club right so when i get peace i get the peace of mind like you know signing up for some sort of like car insurance think about it from that perspective My car, if it was the hell outside, somebody runs into it, a tree falls on it. They can't fall on it here because I had all my trees taken down. (laughs) But if a tree does fall on my car, I have the peace of mind that State Farm is right there. (laughs) You know that Jesus' peace is a lot like that, but it's from the perspective of he's never going to leave me or forsake me. Do you know that this word peace right here? means to set at one again. Let me, let me put that into terms that you might understand. To reset. That means when you're not in peace, he gives you peace and resets you. Do you know that we as, as people of God, we go in through, we may go through a roller coaster period. We go through the highs and the lows and everything else, but do you know we need a reset every once in a while. We need, a, we need Jesus to become back into our minds. See, my belief system is what it is. My heart is what it is. In fact, it, it, says, it says here, not as the world gives you peace, but let not your heart be troubled. That's the most innermost part of yourself. That is your belief system, your core beliefs. See, if I allow my core beliefs to have the right beliefs, then guess what happens? I end up having peace that resets my soul. You know what the world gives you is it tries to comfort your flesh. You know, I'm a big boy. I remember Nana, I'd go over to the house, and Nana would go, hey, you hungry? And I would go, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And so I would eat, but you know the the world thinks of being able to give peace as a as the ability for me to be able to give you something. I let me turn the AC on for you. Let me give you a piece of cake. Let me give you something. I mean, how many times when you go over to somebody's house, hospitality is there's coffee and cake. There's not. Hey, I'm praying for you. You know, because, see, peace from Jesus is a resetting of one's knowledge in their soul to, I got this. Jesus is God and he has set and placed you in the place you're supposed to be. His plan and his purpose is for you. It is in you. And you're going to fulfill that as long as you keep doing it. Do you know how much peace that gives you? when there's actual turmoil, when there's actual things coming at you. You know, this week, and I'll tell you, the world gives peace by giving me cake, right? But I've got a couple of friends. Jerome Taylor's one of them. He sends me a text message and he tells me things through the word of God and it builds me back up. Do you know that his Jesus on the inside of him is giving back by the Holy Spirit into people. Do you know that there's Alan Duke? He actually called me up this week. He's been praying with us about our building, but he's been saying, you know, you're been on my heart. Do you know he's giving me a peace that passes that understanding? Because my understanding is, is that I need things to just work out, right? The world's, I need the world to give me more cake, right? When it comes to this building, it'd be really nice if Alabaster just signed off on everything, that I could just get the lease terms the way that I want, that we can just do everything the way that we need that's going to be exactly perfect. That would be awesome. But you know what? I have a belief that no matter what happens, God is going to work everything out. Even if we don't get this, even if we don't get into this building, he's going to show us where to go. But this is the thing. I can still stress out about it. I can still get out of peace. And see, Jesus' peace is I'm going to send people along. I'm going to bring the word back up to you by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have people tell you about the peace of God. And you know what? It resets me because of this cardia here, my innermost belief system. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your belief system be troubled by the things that come out in the world. It says, neither be afraid. Don't be timid. Because you know what? I could be real timid about what we, what we do next. Well, I don't know. Which side do I go? Which, which avenue do I take? And you know what? The Lord is telling us, don't be timid. Do what you know is in your heart. What did I tell you to do? You continue to do that. You continue to do the things. You continue to listen to me. And we're going to get to the other side of this. You know, in closing, I want you guys to understand that we can move past the three D's. That we can be in this place where it says, welcome to disappointment. Don't stay too long. We're going to go through disappointment. That's not, I I can't. I can't tell you that we won't. But you know what? I can keep you from the next one. I can keep you from depression. I can keep you from despair as long as you meet up with this one thing. And it says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those that love it will eat the fruit of it. In our belief system, if we have the wrong beliefs, death is going to come out. I'm going to continue to speak death. Well, it just never is going to get better. I guess I'm not supposed to do what God's calling me to do. I'm going to be the one that's going to fail. Well, guess what? I can also have the right belief system on the inside of me. And I can say, God's going to work this out. Alabaster's going to do this for us. And, and the lease company's going to do that for us. My work is going to, these people are trying to come against me at my work. And I get to say, no, I'm going to be peace in that situation. I don't know how many times God has worked things out where people were trying to take away peace. And Jesus himself, the peace of God on the inside of me, brought peace to a situation. And it was because I spoke life to the situation and not death. You know what? When we move away from these three Ds, when we get into this thing, our heart is better than our head. See, our head is where we think, our mind, our will, and our emotions. See, our head has this soul thing, right? And our soul thing is trying to constantly understand what it sees, hears, tastes, smells, and feels. And so when I see something or when I hear something, the first thing that comes to me is, that looks like a disappointment. Well, guess what? If I dwell on that and I make that my number one priority, then it will become a disappointment. But you know what? I love what, what Jesus you know, what Jesus is saying here in Mark 11: uh, and 24. But I kind of back up because I have a little bit of a different take on Mark 11 here. Um, it's not much of a difference, but I love what Jesus did here. In Mark eleven twenty one, 21, it says, And Peter remembered, saying to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Real somber, right? No! He's walking. Th- Everybody, for a second, take, take just a minute. You got Jesus and the twelve disciples. They're walking he had just came from a temple where there was money changers. He took a 400 pound table and he flipped it in the air. It means that it didn't pump over my southern, you know, I just didn't pump the table over. No, no, no. He flipped it. A man took 400 pounds and flipped it end over end and it landed back Full circle. The disciples watched this. They also saw that there was probably a hundred guardsmen. Every temple had, had people with swords. They were the temple guards. They would kill you on the spot or something like that. They all stood back and was like, whoa, what just happened? Jesus went through, rebuked them, took a whip, whipped people, told them, shut up. Quit using my father's house like a den of liars and thieves. That was a miracle. Peter is really happy that a small fig tree out in the middle of the field died and withered away. I mean, just think about that for a second. I just watched a man flip a 400 pound table, but a fig tree, when he said it died, you know, he cursed it and it died, that was the big thing to Peter. All right. But Jesus didn't just turn around and go, have faith in God, guys. Thumbs up. Turn around and walked away. No, he turned around at Peter and looked at him like, Have faith in God! Seriously! You've seen all this stuff. I walked on water. I fed 5,000 people. You were the one that was multiplying it as it was coming out of your hand. I didn't do it. I prayed over it. You were the one doing it. Have faith in God. And then what does he say in verse 23? Because Kenneth Hagin had to, you know, rewrite this at some point, right? No. Jesus wrote this by his own words where it says, For assuredly I say to you, whosoever says to the mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast in sea and does not doubt in his heart. Jesus is screaming this, by the way. In my version, Jesus is over there going, he's not just going, have faith in God, for assuredly. No, he is going, have faith in God, for assuredly I say unto you, whoever says unto this mountain, and he picked a mountain out, and he says, be removed and cast into the sea, don't doubt, shall have whatever he says. Do you know that Jesus was trying to make a point to them because they were pointless. They were all circles, okay? They were as round as you could get. They were as dull as dull could be. I saw him feed 5,000 people. I saw him walk on water. I saw him flip tables. Kills a little fig tree. And we're all happy about that. But you know what? The thing that I want you to understand is is that he goes into something even more important here than just speaking to a mountain and saying, Be thou removed and be thou cast to sea, which is great. Because we do need to speak unto our mountains, the things that stand in our way, the things that make us stop. You know what? We should just tell, get out of the way. Depression, get out of here. You know, that we need to also say, you know what? Strife be gone. If you're in the middle of strife, you say, no, no more strife. I say peace. See, peace is life. I don't even have to say life. Life just means peace. Oh, peace right now in Jesus' name. Nope, no more strife. I'm not going to allow it to be in my midst. You know that we need to speak to our mountains, but this is where it gets really, really good. And we need to understand this. Because if we don't understand this, then we're going to have a lot of problems. It says, therefore, I say whatsoever things, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Verse 25 says, and when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. Now, this word forgive means let it go. How many people's watched the movie? Let it go. Let it go. I don't let strife come back any more. I mean be be honest with you. You need to sometimes just say it. I mean, Kaylee, I just remember it. When she, don't turn around. Don't turn don't be ashamed of this. When you were 12 years old, this was let it go, we just said, and let it go. But see, this is the problem. Most of the times we say, let it stay, let it stay. It's going to stay with me forever. You know, it doesn't sound as good when you sing it that way. Because when we let it go, then guess what? We're letting go of strife. We're letting go of people's past. Do you know that people can change through the Holy Spirit? People can change through the Word. See, what I want you to understand here is that when we let it go... You know, the Father, our Father in heaven forgives your trespasses. Now, I have a little bit of a, you know, we have to understand that there's some Old Testament in here because Jesus was still working in the Old Testament. Okay. So we were forgiven of our sins. There's the horizontal and the, the vertical. The vertical and the horizontal. Okay. Sorry. Between God God. Vertically between us and God, the moment you accept Jesus, He let it go. He let it go. So that's not the problem. The problem comes down to is that we have to understand our relationships here on earth. The ones that we choose, the ones that choose us, and how they affect each other. And see, what God is trying to say here is that you know, especially back in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, there was this blessing and curse thing that was there between us. But you know what? Even though God doesn't sit there and bless and curse us based on what we do, we bless and curse ourselves when we don't let it go. You know, you can, you can actually, the, the, the horizontal piece of this is very, very, very important. Because if you don't let it go between you and your brother, you and your sister, and you may be saying, I've got no alt against anyone. Well, the next time you're praying and the Holy Spirit brings up somebody and says, hey, you might want to tighten this up. You might want to make it a little bit better. You might want to reach out to them. You know what? Let go of those things that keep you from doing that. Let go of those things that have caused you strife. I, look, there's a lot of people that I've reached back out to over the years and said, hey, I just wanna let you know that I, I care about you. And there was a lot of strife in those situations before. And you know what, even though not all of those, a lot of people are like, yeah, sure, whatever. Well, I did what I was supposed to do. And when I think of those people, I don't go, yeah, but let me tell you about the time when they did this. You know, that that's that's the first thing that when life and death starts coming out of your mouth, it's the butt. Everybody has a butt and it stinks, right? You gotta get rid of your butt. When you say, Drew just came back in from Texas, and they're telling me Drew's coming in, I go, yeah, I love Drew, but you know, I remember this one time, oh, man, Drew just stuck up my car with a fart. I'm just gonna tell you what. You like that, didn't you? It's probably the other way around. But anyway, what I am what wanting you to understand is the fact that most of the time when we hear somebody's name, when we think of a situation, the first thing that comes to our mind is usually where our heart is for them. Okay? So if the first thing you think of is, oh yeah, it's him. It's her. We have to figure out how to let it go. We have to figure out how to pray for them. We have to figure out how to speak life about them. Because guess what? The but is not speaking life. The but is the death piece of it that I'm speaking towards them. And when I speak death towards someone else, guess what happens? I just create more and more strife, more and more death in our relationship. And I also start poisoning other people's ideas about that person. We need to let it go, guys. You know, the biggest key to this is we let go when people and disappointments happen to us. We're going to have disappointments. We're going to have people that's going to disappoint us. We're going to have circumstances that are going to disappoint us. But you know what? We need to sometimes just have faith in God. We just need to trust that what he is saying and his plan is going to be greater. And we just need to shut up. The moment that but is about to come out of your mouth, stop it. Okay, I gotta write that one down. We need to go talk about that, Lord. What do I have off against that person? Cause if you, even if you say it or don't say it, even if you don't say it, did you get that feeling inside like I wanted to say something? <laughs> That's a key indicator. And see, that's not the life of God that we need to be progressing and putting into people's life. We need to be putting life into people. We need to speak life. We need to speak life about people when they're not even around. You know, it was funny. I was at a, I was at a thing for NERC and a guy comes up to me and says, hey, I've heard about you. And I thought, oh God. And I said, well, what, what have you heard? And he goes, oh, and he was telling this guy that I know that's at this other company, me and him worked on a project together for the, for the Department of Energy. And he said, he said you're an amazing guy. At first, I was like, oh God, what have I got to defend myself again? Well, I didn't, I didn't really mean that when I said, I mean, what, what is it here that I'm having to do? But when he said, you're an amazing guy, that's what that guy thinks of you. Do you know that what his words were instilled life into someone else about me that he wasn't there even to be a witness of who I was? See, we have to we have to be an instiller of life into other people so that we can be a family and that as a family, we're all thinking of each other. Even if... We have the six degrees of Kevin Bacon that's going on, and you don't even know who who's going to be around, and somebody goes, oh, I knew Matt. And Dusty said that Matt's an awesome guy, so I'm going to think, Matt's an awesome guy. We need to understand that letting it go is letting life happen. Amen. Did y'all learn something today? Yes. yes.